Soon as I open my eyes. Soon as I open my eyes. Soon as I open my eyes, I'm rolling, gotta get high. I probably gotta get fly. I bring you life, so don't die. Just put them clouds in the sky. Just give me truth for no lie. Won't let no place go by. I watch them days go by. Soon as I open my eyes, you know I gotta decide what I do wrong or do right. I'm on the ground on the fly. I ain't no bitch, so I fight. Gotta make sure visuals right. Gotta make sure gravity tight. Take off on you, will I might. Soon as I open my eyes, I still feel sleep like I died. I smoke that weed till I'm high. I heat that oil and get fried. Come elevate on my vibe. I'm just so glad I'm alive. I turn that one into five. Soon as I open my eyes, soon as I open my eyes. Just disappear in the night. My screw feel loose, but they tired. I could I ever lose sight. Like a new pilot, no flight. I dump from the free throw like Mike. Can't do Debo on your new bike. Feet five, four, four, on your new pipe. Then the tight, run the sight. Get a bite, get a bite. Baby girl, give me put a tap. Build dreams with a tool yeah. Romeo with the weed, here Juliet. I'm posted with the sun and the moon, just mad. I roll another plants on the boon jet. Put points on the board, I ain't losing yet. Go told me the rounds, need a cooler cat. This real over seat, we too legit. Never too good to hit the net. Benefit from the sack, get rid of it. ADHD, hustle, no riddle Back here, I come like cinnamon. It's me on the grind, so intimate. Blow steam on the track, it was made to vent. Bowls up, fold down, pay the rent. Soup with a pop, no fit to sand. Drop the tent, so much smoke in here, need to squint. This pat was free, I was hurt last week. Stay strong that week, get burned from the heat. Chop sticks from the E, river to a leak. Bang to a squeak, I real, real deep. Like a whole all right we are back with episode uh, 19 i think of jesse miles podcast with your host jesse miles snyder aka i'm day drinking aka aka son of chris speaking of (laughs) that person you hear is my very own father and dad. Very excited to be here. He's so excited. Let's talk about who we're talking to a little bit. My dad, Chris, he's uh, he's an old dude living out in uh, the, the cornfields of Ohio, but he's more than that. He's both uh, uh, an electrician and also a past uh, mental health counselor at uh, uh, Howard Center for Human Services out here in Burlington, Vermont. <laughs> Nothing like a good internet rabbit hole. <laughs> There's some scary ones out there. Oh, yeah, yeah, you got to be careful. Just don't go on a Twitter rabbit hole. No. <laughs> Instagram rabbit hole is relatively safe. Uh-huh. Twitter's a whole well, different thing. That's good to know. Yeah, Twitter's crazy. Like, even when things are fine, you could have a totally normal day. If there wasn't, say, everything was perfect right now, you could go on Twitter, and if you look at what's trending, it's going to make it look like the world is on fire. Because, like, it is in places, but everything right. bad ends up on the top of Twitter. So you just got to really be careful. But um, oh, well, I hop explains, in there. That explains my wife's behavior, because she joined Twitter yeah. <laughs> not yeah, long you, ago. You really got to keep, like, a tether... So you don't go too far. You tug on the tether and someone can pull you out because it's pretty bad. Beyond getting you into Instagram, I feel like I've somewhat gotten you into cooking better food. Not that I ever thought you cooked bad food necessarily, I, but I didn't really eat your food that much, I guess, no, when it comes down I to it. Yeah. What, what, what did I ever cook? I mean, you cooked a lot of turkey burgers, I remember, yeah. growing up. Growing up, when I was little, obviously you cooked for me because like, you were obligated to legally. <laughs> And I remember a lot of turkey burgers. You were just sort of venturing into being a vegetarian 
Um, That's right. <laughs> and but you were you weren't quite yet, so you're still eating turkey burgers. Um, I remember, you know, you you hooked up the veggies and stuff, but yeah, there was nothing like really consistent, I guess. Although your baked no. mac and cheese did really like blow other mac and cheese out of the water, and now I well, what what about those English muffin pizzas? English muffin pizzas yeah. are still one of the greatest things that there are. <laughs> I still eat English muffin pizzas. I just make my own English muffins now, like a baller. I haven't actually done that, but I plan to. But oh, I saw that bread that you made. Yeah, yeah. that English muffin bread is amazing. It's like if you want English muffins and toast form it's there you go um that's crazy good but uh anyway yeah so english muffin pizzas definitely i mean you introduced me to annie's mac and cheese which i'll be forever grateful for um and you let me eat a lot of bagel bites and that was fucking awesome so clearly i i opened up your eyes to all sorts of culinary pleasures didn't you I? did i mean there was no hope like my mom who was a chef somewhere for a minute and was like didn't she? She was like a chef at like a business, like in a work where she worked. She yeah. was her first job was um, because the business that she worked at had a luncheon as part of the um, the perks. You'd have a, right. a group lunch provided at this business, which was a soft software manufacturing right operation. Anyway, lots of money to burn. So she'd go out and go shopping. She'd buy like two carts full of food for a single meal and then come back and prepare whatever um, she wanted for the 12 or 15 people that were working there. That's cool. So, so she, yeah, she, she definitely had some, she had some opportunity there to learn a lot. Yeah. And she was always like, I remember more of her meals cause she cooked more, but, um, the, she wanted me to get into cooking and like gardening and stuff as a kid. And I just was not interested. And I regret that every time I get in the kitchen because uh-huh. I could have had so much, so much more exposure to that. And maybe that's, you know, what I would be doing, which I don't necessarily regret not being a chef. I don't think I'd really want to be a chef. I just want to be like a TV chef who isn't a real chef, but pretends to be one <laughs> and is more of a personality who cooks than an actual person who is like a chef of a restaurant because that sounds hard but i've been getting into it more and i my whole thing is like i didn't do it for so long because it seemed like too much work but once i started doing it it, i realized it was a either worth the effort or not as much effort as i thought or once you start yeah go ahead yeah i was just gonna say and once you start doing certain tasks like for me like making scrambled eggs was like a little much but now it's not a big deal and so like what you consider too much work gets like smaller and smaller so like and that's what i was gonna say that's which how you have influenced me lately is right and showing how things aren't necessarily as complicated as it might seem. And uh, it doesn't take too much to throw some onions in the pan and caramelize them or whatever. Yeah. And that's why I like making it more uh, 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 within reach. I think is what works, how it works for me. Totally. And that, that's kind of like what I would like to get, get across if I had, um, I could like, if I had, uh, like a cooking show of my own, it would be just like, even the laziest of us can do this. Or even mm-hmm. the most, I always want to do like cooking for depressed people because like sometimes it's hard to just get food <laughs> in your body, and I I'm not I don't have depression, but I feel like I re- I can relate to those people, and like I underst I think it's already a thing. Like Holy there's probably 
probably Instagrams and Twitters for that type of type of person. Um, yeah. But I think it's important to just show that, like, even if you really don't want to put in too much effort, you can still make something that's good. But, you know, you, you should know, also keep some I frozen pizzas in your freezer. I shouldn't have laughed because you actually made a you're making a good point there because there's certainly a lot of people that yeah that's a that's a big deal I mean yeah. everything's a big deal for some some folks who are you know yeah caught up in depression or whatever yeah there was Something. someone there was someone on the internet talking about how like people give people shit for buying like frozen food. But, like, sometimes if you're, like, an overworked single mother with depression or something, just getting a frozen pizza in the oven to feed your children and yourself is yeah. plenty. And, like, you, that's good. You've done your job for the day. And it doesn't necessarily – it's better than nothing. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think people got to ease up a little on what people buy at the grocery store. I always thought it was kind of – every once in a while, <laughs> you'll see it. I don't see it a lot on my own feed, but people, like – judging others for like what they'll see what someone's laid out on the conveyor at a grocery store and they'll be like oh my god the guy in front of me only bought this that and some other thing and it's like yeah oh. do you do you know what's going on with that guy probably not you yeah. don't know anything random white lady on the <laughs> internet i assume like it's it's a thing and so i don't know if i could really do like cooking for depressed people but it's more like you know just realizing that everyone has the power to create like some good ass home cooked food, um, even if you're just not really feeling it. Which, granted, I don't always cook if I'm not feeling it, but sometimes I do, and so does my girlfriend. And you know, you just got to do it sometimes. And so, the more you practice it, I guess, like the the more you can do with less energy. Like, like if my girlfriend's having a bad day, her to go her good meal to feed kids is pizza but she'll make dough from scratch and make some amazing pizza and that's her putting in as little effort as possible or like french toast and those things are just you know those things are two things that's that i amazing. never would have wanted to make for myself at any time in my life until recently and that's mm -hmm. that's her on like her worst day <laughs> so that's fantastic yeah it's pretty cool so um yeah i i i like that you've sort of um been receptive to that and i've noticed in general because like you know you're not super old but you're basically an old dude now you know that right yeah. yeah yeah so like a lot of people when they're old stop taking in information stop taking in or stop changing their opinions stop trying new things and it's just sort of like a classic old person thing to do. And I always said when I was a kid, I didn't want to be like that. And I didn't know how to not be like that, but I knew I wasn't going to be like that. And I think the answer is the internet. Um, you're exposed to so much more that you're everything. The information comes so much faster. Your opinions kind of need to evolve or you'll just have to kill yourself. Like you're going to go insane <laughs> with how fast everything's changing. You're just going to want to off yourself in your, in your old folks home bed like it's just a i don't know it just seems i guess it seems scary like if i was like 70 years old right now and i haven't been paying attention to what's going on and then all of a sudden like all this news starts coming in flooding me and like for some reason i discovered twitter i don't know i would just jump ship because why <laughs> it sounds horrible and mm -hmm. i feel like i'm used to that flow of information from growing up with it and like i'm used to bad news because the news was on like probably too much in both households um uh -huh. 
for the listeners, yeah. uh, my <laughs> parents have been separated since I ever that I can remember, and I stayed even times week to week at each place, and both places had the news on, and I don't think at the time anyone realized that like having the news the news isn't a show for kids even though it's not like a bad it's not like a you know you know what i'm saying and uh we watched that shit every night and it well, we got we got plenty of nickelodeon in there don't you know oh yeah no we, i watched tons of tv it was amazing <laughs> and it you know it balanced it out but you know each night at six o'clock, there was the local news, which wasn't too scary. And then there was the national news, which was horrible. And then mm-hmm. from there, you know, it would it would taper into sitcoms and everything. I had no there. idea you were even paying attention. Yeah, I mean, that well, would... you you don't have to pay attention. You just hear shit like, oh, this plane fucking crashed and it was probably a missile yeah. and like Osama's doing something and whatever. I don't know. Like there was all kinds of <laughs> shit going down or there's like a war. I was pretty sure there was going to be a war on U.S. soil any day. I was weirdly afraid of tornadoes. I don't know why, but because they're always talking <laughs> about tornadoes on the Internet, like or not on the news. I mean, like just you would just see like leveled towns oh, yeah. that was something you catch you don't have to be watching the news to catch the scary stuff because they make sure that you hear it so um or yeah see the pictures because that you know those vi- visuals are important to that too excitement yeah day. i still remember like <laughs> night vision videos of us like bombing the shit out of like some middle eastern country and that freaked me right. out because i thought like oh they're gonna retaliate not knowing that, that the gulf war i think yeah. it was anytime i heard any kind of news about like a war i was like this is it it's gonna be hiroshima but in vermont for some reason and um <laughs> i don't know i think i just got numb to that and i got used to it and even like with 9 11 i was like damn that's crazy and then i just went on with my life and it was just mm-hmm. like i don't know it's kind of crazy thinking about it now how like um i've always known the world's really shitty my girlfriend didn't know that for a long time um and she she kind of started realizing it later than i realized it and i always think it's interesting how like um i'm just so used to just bad shit happening all the time i'm able to kind of like i don't know what that's called but maybe compartmentalize or whatever when you just sort of like put that aside and move on with your life or she sort of internalizes that's another one yeah so um it's uh it's a weird it's a weird thing where um just the exposure to all the shittiness has made it easier to deal with and so i feel like somebody growing up before the internet who now sort of has become connected that would just be information overload and like you got like whole new genders you never even heard of you got like just shit going on in politics that like you thought was over in like the 60s but it's still Mm -hmm. happening and like it's just crazy how people didn't even know like racism was a thing still but there's I mean, I was going to talk about it today in the Wu-Tang Minute there's an album from 1999 that I listened to where they're talking about police you know targeting minorities and black people and and how that's that's something i knew about you know even as a child because i i listened to a lot of hip-hop and Mm -hmm. um it's uh thanks to you actually in a way because my mom uh and i don't falter for this but was worried about like what i was listening to the content and so when i would be at her place i would listen to censored stuff or her old albums or just different music but when i was at your place i could listen to fucking wu-tang clan and like (laughs) notorious big uncensored and it was great 
And I think, I don't think I took anything. As long as, yeah. as, long as the kid's happy, I don't care. Yeah, right? <laughs> See, you get it. Why make work for yourself? So, um, and I didn't fight my mom on it. And eventually, I remember the day, I think I've told people about this on the show, but I don't know if I told you. But one time, so for Christmas, we, we went, we did Christmas at each house. Like, you know, whoever had me last year had, didn't have me the next year. So, but we'd still do two Christmases. But generally, like, you'd send some presents along to my mom's that I could open up from you if I had Christmas with her so I could have something on Christmas mm-hmm. from you. And then we'd still do another Christmas. It was fucking dope. Divorce is the greatest for a child, <laughs> especially an only child. Um, but anyway. Um, I think you opened that by saying you had double everything, including standards. Oh, yeah, I did. I, that's a classic <laughs> Jesse line of me. Oh. Um. So, uh, I just have to say this guy, uh, on Vermont cat dad here was saying he remembers when he was a kid, his, his parents wouldn't let him, let him listen to 95 triple X in Burlington, which they weren't that bad. We, my mom listened to 95 triple X, so that was good. Um, but she still was worried about like the hip hop music. And by then like alternative music was coming out that had a lot of swears and stuff. And that's kind of ties into what I was saying. So I had a present from you that I opened from my, at my mom's and it was the album issues by corn. And they're not a child friendly band. They sing about really fucked up shit. Cause, cause Jonathan Davis, is that his name? Ah, shit. I don't know. Hang on. I got to make sure I, Corn lead singer. Yeah, Jonathan Davis. Uh, he had a really fucked up life and he sang about it. And it was really enlightening for me, but also like not stuff you want your mom to hear. And um, it had a parental warning on it. And I like froze and I was like, shit, like I don't want to like get rid of this album because I need this. And um, <laughs> I just kind of turned her and I was like, so here's this. And I was like, I remember kind of just talking to her for a minute, just saying like, look, I know when it's okay to swear and when it's not and this is just music and it's okay don't worry and then she was fine with it and i was like shit she probably was fine with it this whole time and i just never really thought about it and thought she was really uh you know militant about it but she was just kind of looking out because she didn't know there's so much new stuff coming out it wasn't like back in the day when everyone basically listened to all the same albums like or you know watched all the same shows there was so much media even in the 90s compared to like the eighties and the seventies that, you know, you really couldn't keep tabs on all of it. So she was just like, no, all this stuff's bad. And I got yeah. that though. But, um, I was always the I had cool no kid. clue. <clears throat> I had no clue. So you were, you were fortunate in that. You know, I, I had no idea uh, what corn was all about and all of that. I was just thinking this is something he wants. And so I'm going to get it for him. Yeah. Hell Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, that album's pretty tame compared to some of their other ones, but yeah, I mean, there was like a lot of questionable content, but I took it as like a glimpse into a life I would never have. Like, he was abused, like, sexually and physically and all this crazy shit, and it, it like, hip-hop music made me realize I was a lucky-ass white kid just living in the suburbs in Vermont. Like, that was pretty pretty good uh mm-hmm. setup and i had it good and i should just be glad i don't live like you know i'm not a black kid in the inner city who's like getting taken to jail at 12 years old for like some bullshit crime um 
and that's what Wu-Tang talked about. Like, that was a real thing, and they talked about their childhood, and so did a lot of people, and I was just like, damn, I've never had to sell, sell crack. Like, there was these guys who were, like, selling drugs at my age, and they weren't, like, talking about how cool it was. They were just talking about how that's how they survived, and it was, like, mm-hmm. it was really enlightening for me, and so I was always, I always felt good. I remember uh, my friend told me once that he was, I was his, like, source for uncensored hip-hop as a kid, because <laughs> his parents were against it, too, so, uh, yeah, I got, I got lucky with that, and for, yeah, so, so I was, anyway. I got it. I got to ask you yeah. whether um, your exposure as, as a youngster to uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show still haunts you. Oh, it doesn't haunt me. I think it enlightened me and made me so much more awesome. I think about it all the time. <laughs> um, I've been watching because I didn't realize how much I what I was exposing you to at that point until my sister asked me, you know, about Rocky Horror Picture Show, and I said, "Sure, you know, it sounds like it would be okay for her to watch with her kids," and she. She said ultimately that she had to turn it off. I had no idea, but that's everybody's got their own perspective. But you didn't. Have, you had no idea because you didn't realize it was bad for kids, or because you weren't like watching it. Because you clearly had seen it. No, because I didn't. I, I didn't see the offensiveness. In yeah, it. I saw it. I saw something in more uh, of the sort of characters just being freaking funny as hell is what i was thinking yeah it was great i took it at face value i wasn't like hey that guy's in women's lingerie i'm like that guy's in an awesome outfit and Mm -hmm. these songs are fun and you fast forwarded through the sex scene so like yeah i did i did that see so you were parenting and yeah it was definitely questionable i remember my mom thought it was questionable and I don't remember when it came up, but it came up at some point. She's like, yeah, I don't know why he would let you watch that. And like looking back on it, yeah, it was probably not the best, but it didn't mess me up. I think it just opened my eyes and then made me more awesome. And cool. I get because it's like cool when you've seen Rocky Horror Picture Show and it's like, you know, people think you're interesting. And that's the mm-hmm. I just want people to think I'm interesting. So yeah. that adds to that. And. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it was that's... a cultural phenomenon. It really was, and it still is. And it. It. it I was saying just is the other it? day. Oh yeah. Are they still doing that? I, I mean, no one's doing anything right now. But in recent years, they've done like midnight showings at the Roxy hmm. and whatnot. So, um, yeah, it's it's still a thing. And like, I was watching the show Glee because it's pandemic and you start watching things like glee although i watched glee before and it is weirdly great it's a ryan murphy show and all of his shows are amazing and Mm -hmm. so glee just had to make its way in and there's an episode i don't know if you're familiar with the show at all but like it's about oh yeah it's okay so you've watched it Uh have you seen the rocky horror episode Mm, i think i remember that but yeah. i don't remember much about it <laughs> right well it was basically them trying to figure out how to put on rocky horror in a high school and make it appropriate and oh, yes. they did they managed to do it um i don't know if they, they didn't do the whole thing obviously but that made me want to watch it again and we've been watching things like grease and 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 like older like 70s 80s movies and it's just been making me want to watch Rocky Horror, so it's kind of interesting you brought that up because I think literally like a day or two ago I was saying that I wanted to track that down on the internet and watch it. But that was the first video I actually purchased. I actually purchased a, a video cassette. Fact. It was like almost eighty dollars. Jesus. Yeah. 
You must have and liked I that it movie. Was worth every minute, every every uh, every cent. That's crazy. <clears throat> yeah, I remember we yeah. watched that a lot of times, and mm-hmm. it was amazing. I had to have it. <clears throat> That's funny. Yeah, I I get it. It's, it's it's worth whatever you think it's worth. Um, but no, that didn't mess me up. That made me cooler. Uh, the music definitely helped. I think it just kind of like. I go back to stuff because maybe I didn't absorb it all because I listen to stuff from when I was a kid and I'm like, oh, I don't remember that. I don't remember all this or that or I can't believe I was listening to this as a kid. But it's because like some of the stuff went over my head, but a lot of it sunk in and it definitely gave me a, a more clearer picture of like not every black person's experience, but a common black experience. And um, I knew about police brutality and i knew about systemic racism and i knew about gang violence and i knew about you know all kinds of shit that some nine-year-old white kid from vermont probably wouldn't have known about otherwise and just that mixed with growing up with the internet and everything like i'm you know i'm an anxious dude and things get me going sometimes but i don't i can't imagine not like being able to ease into it like that Mm-hmm. Just snapping to in this time, in this reality that we're in right now, like, because I, I would imagine someone in your position who just retired could have possibly spent the last 40 years or whatever just sort of, like, coasting and just doing life, like, not coasting necessarily, but just, like, kind of on autopilot doing life, mm-hmm. and you have your mm-hmm. routine, and then you retire, and you're like, what's this internet thing the kids are talking about? And then all of a sudden, you're just <laughs> deep, deep into some Twitter fucking rabbit hole, <laughs> and you just don't know what to think. You're like, what is all of this? What are these pronouns I'm hearing about? <laughs> like, what oh. is... <laughs> it's like... And it's yeah. stuff that I've I know about. I know trans people, but there's people who don't. And it's like just all these things that are are now big issues in the news that have been issues this whole fucking time but no one's been paying attention until now. And I just it's interesting and so it's been interesting by my point of like this 20 minute tangent is that um I think it's interesting watching you kind of take it in. Not that you haven't been paying attention this whole time, but I'm watching like other people's parents react and hearing stories about like what they think of like Black Lives Matter stuff and COVID-19 and all that. And I'm just like so glad that A, like both my parents are taking it seriously and then B, both of them are like open-minded and go- basically doing like they agree with me on all the things I want them to agree with. And mm-hmm. it's it's good and like... I think parenting is 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 the key here. I mean, both your mom and I had some pretty good models, and uh, as parents, and I think the more you you learn to question things, yeah, the, uh, the better it gets for everybody. Definitely. <clears throat> so you say that your you think your parents were good models for parenting, and my mom's parents. My my mother my mother in particular. Yeah. Was very keen on uh just questioning as i said questioning whatever it was you didn't take anything at face value and i and i think that's what we're talking about here i do believe that you're oh man i can't speak for her i think my mom's in the chat is that actually my mom because her screen name is oh god it's your mom and she just said we're cool that way so this might actually be my mom but i don't know (laughs) 
It's either a funny screen name or it's my actual mom. We'll see what she says. <laughs> oh, God, it's a nightmare. No, it's fun. I like the audience. It kind of adds to the conversation. Last time I was just talking to myself and my friend Matt from college was like, hey, I have words to say about that thing you just said. So I was like, come on in. And then we talked for like two hours. Now I have a two and a half hour long fucking episode that like won't upload because it's so huge. But I'm going to make it happen by the end of today. But I don't know. I stopped shortening them. I, it's actually three and a half hours. Ah, it's my real mom. That's hilarious. Hi, mom. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> so my mom and dad are my, my fans and my audience. Soon as I open my eyes, soon as I open my eyes, I'm rolling, gotta get high, I probably gotta get fly, I bring you life, so don't die, just put them clouds in the sky, just give me truth for no lie, won't let no plays go by, I watch them days go by, soon as I open my eyes, you know I gotta decide what I do. I have notes from your podcast, early episodes of your podcast, where you made some comments about some people that you know, musicians in particular that you thought would be worth oh, listening man. to. You've been taking I notes this whole time. Them. I've been taking notes, yeah. See, that's cool. The music's a whole <laughs> other story. You're under no obligation to listen to the music I listen to, but um, is there anyone oh, you've... Liked, who have I you can't checked remember out? the names. I, I can't remember the names, and I don't have the notes in front of me right now, but... That's um, fine. I'll get, I'll get back to you on that. I'm curious. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's just something I appreciate about you and my mom is that you're both like clearly make an effort not to be shitty people. Because I feel like to have a bad opinion now or to be misinformed or uninformed at this point with all the information there is, that's willing. Like, like you're absolutely doing that on purpose because you don't mm -hmm. want to learn anything new. But mm -hmm. like both of you have always made the effort and especially now it's like people's true colors are really showing and some people are like, holy shit, my parents are crazy racists or they're, they're <laughs> pandemic deniers or whatever. And luckily neither of you have, have become anything I'm embarrassed of. And I think that I'm lucky in that regard. <laughs> oh, that, you could, that really warms my heart. That's what I'm here for. I've not yet embarrassed you. That's great. No, no, you're some of the least embarrassing parents, I think. <clears throat> You'd have to be trying to embarrass me, and I'm hard to embarrass. I'm pretty. I'm an open book, so there's not a lot that you can really talk about that I haven't already talked about. Which is a, it's like a mechanism. That's a defense mechanism. Just make fun of yourself before anyone else can, and you're uh -huh. good. Don't sleep on me, I advise my we so good. I cried that pat been gone by by get another piece. Third eye open, got a flood of street. Pop rubber bands, no bubbly. I got a dream, don't fuck with me. Hundred drop full of cush, no bumblebee. Eat a bit of pat, won't humble me. Bet I skull, no fumbling. Like be a cook pack crumbling. I won't look back, no stumbling. But I said with the chest, no mumbling. But I jump for a walk, no tumbling. Wanna roll up the wall, no paper. Cut the cake, no baker. Up wanna walk on the wake up. Power like a ranger. Was coming from the anger. Everybody was a stranger. Let it on my sign, it's danger. Talk about the metal, lift up my finger. Keep I said something. What did I say to Matt last time? I was like, I don't think I, my dad was never racist, but I'm I'm making him more not racist, or <laughs> something like mm -hmm. that. <laughs> like just just trying well, to. <clears throat> I understand more about racism than I ever did before. Yeah, and that as a result of your your efforts. Yeah, and, and I think you know, racism is it's everywhere. It, it is. It is. 
Somebody asked me if I thought that all white people were racist, and I said yes, because I think that even the people who are, like, the most on, like, the, you know, the people who are trying the hardest as white people to be helpful, still, on some level, because it's so systemic, because it's so deep-seated, and it's just the way where our country was built on racism, there's going to be thoughts, there's going to be things you do or think that might not make their way out of your brain, but you're still maybe thinking those things. And I can't think of like a good example from myself right now, but I'll, you know, you need to just acknowledge the fact that you, you're not like, I hate when people are like, Oh, I don't see color. Cause that's racist. That's you're not ex- acknowledging the black experience. And a lot of people like a few years ago, that would have been a fine thing to say. Like, Oh, I don't see color. Oh, wow. This person's so great. They see everyone as equals. But as soon as you say you don't see color, you're not acknowledging that black people have a different experience than you. And I think yeah, that's the perception like, of the police. The police is, is I think a good example. Absolutely. I, mean, I, I actually, I understand you have a, a certain, um, uh, reaction to when you see police always have. And I don't know why. <laughs> Probably all the hip hop music I listened to as a kid. In any event, uh, white white folks definitely don't have the same concerns, and that's the thing that I never really stopped to think about. Yeah, I don't know. Did something just screech by your window? It's like some terrible bird. Yeah, or something? it was like the one the one car that just you know typically there's a truck that went by. I get. Around here, we maybe see about three cars go by. So each one is kind of suspicious and a big deal. Gotta believe it. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Unless. <laughs> yeah. Pretty rural. I mean, pretty uh, country out here. Any Confederate flags hanging within distance from your house? Uh, no, but we do have a Trump sign down at the end of the road there. We're Gross. concerned about that. You should run it over with your car. Yeah, I think that's I okay. They also have a, a uh, they sell honey too. They have bee bee they're beekeepers. So I mean, there's something good about being beekeepers. But if you're a Trump supporter, yeah, you, as a beekeeper, that's uh, kind of a tough one. You're just a racist beekeeper, which yeah. for me, I don't want your fucking honey. It's probably steeped in racism. <laughs> it tastes like racism. Yeah, in Vermont, it's. People forget that we we have those same people here yeah. um, in the chat. He says, what do you mean? Obviously, everyone in Vermont is super enlightened. Yeah, that's what people want you to think. <laughs> and it's it's unfortunate that it's not the case at all. Uh, even the Democrats here are actually racist as fuck. I decided I obviously like in a presidential election, like it's not going to be any other party, especially this year. But um, I'm going like independent and progressives all the way progressives more than independents, but like anyone who identifies as a Democrat to me identifies as just like an upper class kind of like shitty white person who acts like they care about the plights of minorities and black people, but don't like being around them or seeing them or anything like that. You know, that's a perspective that I've just recently heard and I never thought about it, but you're absolutely right. I, I never thought of it. I thought Democrats were all good guys. Me too. But. Me too, for a really long time. <laughs> Up until, honestly, like, when I started working at the garage, you'd run into those Burlington Democrats all the time, and you knew who they were because they'd come through with their, like, VPR stickers and their Coexist stickers on their car, but then mm-hmm. they'd be, like, upset that they saw a homeless guy. 
And it, and like, they would want me to like remove the homeless person. And I'm like, well, yeah, we got to fix the homeless problem first and then we can get those people out of here. But I like actively made sure homeless people could stay in the garage at night. Like if anyone told me about a homeless person that was just like sleeping, I would never, I've never called the cops on anyone at that garage. I called once when there was like a car crash in the garage and like the dude just went running out of his car. I think I called 911. No, someone else called 911. I don't remember. That was like the one time I brought the cops to the garage. Every other time they came was because someone in the building, some fake ass Democrat or active Republican, we had both of them. Like, I don't even want to call them fake ass Democrats because they're real shitty Democrats. Some fake ass uh, progressive person, basically, who identifies as a Democrat. Uh, would complain to me because they saw like people fucking doing drugs in a staircase or something and not even like hard drugs just normal drugs and it always bothered me because like they would never ever I don't think ever acknowledge I would always say like yeah Burlington has a really bad homeless problem and that would be my response but they would want me to like do something but I'm not gonna do anything and most of the time I would just tell them like, Oh yeah, I'll call someone. But then I wouldn't. Cause why would I like, I don't, I'm not here to like make their lives harder. It's not like chill being a homeless person. It's not a good time. So yeah, I just, that, that's kind of where, where I started developing that opinion um, on Burlington uh, politics mm. was just working at that garage and meeting a lot of these people who are active and, but not even really getting to know them, but just knowing who they are and then looking at their actions and noticing the things they complain about and the things they care about and judging them by the cars they drive and where they work. Cause that's, that's usually good. If someone works for a law <laughs> firm and has a really nice BMW, they don't give a fuck about like poor people people in burlington they just don't they would rather they be gone and that's a general statement and i'm probably wrong on some level but also i'm probably right on some level and i'm just gonna lean into that side oh your video just cut out for some reason oh there it's back my batteries my battery's going bad oh, going man. down i got a low battery alarm here oh <clears throat> well you can mm. plug in and hold your phone, or we could wrap it up soon. We have been talking for like two and a half hours or something. I can't really plug in because actually my headphones are plugged into the same. Oh, because you have an iPhone and it's a piece of shit, and they didn't think yeah. of this situation. Of course, this would never happen. Yeah. How did they not think that you might want to have headphones and charge your phone at the same fucking time without buying some peripheral? It's crazy. Yeah, it's almost like iPhones aren't that great, but... It's fine. <laughs> I don't know. But I might no, have to call it. <clears throat> it's fine. I mean, we've been going way longer than I think anyone's going to want to listen. So I think this has been amazing. And of I course, think you're going to get a lot of good stuff. Oh, yeah. You're no, we get a lot of good. Yeah, we're no, doing no, great. You have to cut that out. You're going to have to edit out that. I don't have to edit that shit if I don't want. I, I leave well, the uncut, mostly uncut version on YouTube now. That's my new thing. So people get to see me setting uh, up and being awkward. And then we go from there. But, um, you know, if I notice anything truly problematic that I think would be bad for our, either of our careers, uh, I'll edit that out. But I don't think so. Oh, okay. I think, we're, I think we're safe. But, no, we've been talking for like two hours. This is a long time. So. All right. Well, um before my battery dies entirely, I just want to say thank you very much for all this. Yeah. And everything that you do 
I think you do a lot more than you've given yourself credit for. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's a defense mechanism. I just like to talk to talk down about myself. So then other people are like, "No, you're great," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, you're right." Yeah, but um, but yeah, thanks for coming on, and I'll definitely have you on again because this was fun, and you can be like a re- reoccurring guest. I've already yeah. read your I'll... your emails on my show, so like you've been a guest before. That was too funny. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, I guess we'll uh, call it. I'm gonna talk about Wu Tang for a while, and then I'm yeah, gonna you go, go on play you Minecraft for a while. And that's my day. All right, all right. Well, stay safe out there in Ohio, and and run over that Trump sign the first chance you get. I'll do what I can. You don't have you don't want to make enemies out there because everyone's they're out for blood. But you know, no, they are. It's definitely not a good idea. Terrible idea. Don't take my <laughs> advice. All right. Okay. Bye. All right. Oh, is he good? Oh, he's back. <laughs> I don't know if he knows he's still on. Okay, well, he's out. Let's, uh, there we go. All right, he's gone. <laughs> All right, well, my father, ladies and gentlemen. Round of applause. I never call him my father. That sounds weird, like some Darth Vader shit. He's just dad. Um, but anyway. That was cool. Uh, and yeah, good illustration of why iPhones are fucking stupid. Uh, can't plug them in and use your uh, use your charger at the same time, which is just the worst. Who, who thought of that? Who thought that would never come up? That's completely insane. So we're going to do the Wu-Tang Minute. It's probably going to be more than a minute. Uh, so last time um, we talked about... Oh, we talked about Tikal 2000, we talked about uh, Bobby Digital and Stereo, and before that we talked about um, Capadonna's goddamn classic, uh, The Pillage. So, um, moving on from that, fuck, moving on from that, moving on. I still don't quite have this whole soundboard thing figured out. Okay, so let's do that again. Um, so moving on from that, moving on, we have Jizza the Genius with a I think kind of slept on album beneath the surface. Everyone talks about Liquid Swords, and I think everyone kind of talks about what's that other one? It's the um, the like the follow up to Liquid Swords. Uh, I always forget what it's called though. Oh, Legend of the Liquid Sword, duh. but. Not a lot of people talk about um, Beneath the Surface. Um, so this album's, like I said, I think really slept on, and I think it's really an interesting album. It's not very Wu-Tang, but it's very Jizza. And um, you can tell, I didn't look up who was producing each track or anything like that. Um, I've decided to just, for this third round of the Wu-Tang, uh, the journey of the Wu, I'm just trying to take it in as myself, not look at other people's opinions, not do too much research. Just the research is listening to the album over and over and over and over and over and over. Um, So um, this album is just Jizza, I think, at his best. And just talking about his life and his, his past life and not his past life, like in another life, but his past and his present and just uh life and he brings up a lot of like important stuff like let's get some let's get some music going here 
just gotta... This is the third track. It's not the way it starts out. It's not the album's beginning, but... For me, it's when I really latched on, because I fucking love... Killer Priest. On the um, man-made lake, there's a sheet of thin ice. With unskilled skaters, cut figure eight twice. That's 16, uncut, direct from the coat. Head on the soul, the result, death by the boat. In the boat, we're gonna the skip about the average you, the sonic. Here's the chorus. I just had to play that because I think it, that's like the the song where I was like, okay, like I'm in, I'm in, I love this album already. Uh, the first track, Amplified Sample, there's nothing wrong with that track. It's a good intro track, but for me, Beneath the Surface was just where I really latched in. Um, I always say uh, that Killer Priest totally belongs in Wu Tang, and you know he's part of the family for sure. But I think he should just be an official member. Make it ten members. Why not? It's like nine right now. Might as well make it ten. But um, just something about that sound is very classic, but timeless. And I hate like saying it's a classic sound because I say that a lot. And I sometimes maybe I don't even know what I mean anymore when I say that it's a classic sound. But um, it is. It is a classic sound now. But at the time, I think it was fresh. And um, I don't know what my point is anymore. But um, it's just... It's exactly what I'm looking for, I guess, when I listen to this type of music. It sounds like good-ass hip-hop from the late 90s. And that's kind of like my jam in early aughts. Um, so, another one, the next one that really kind of got me. Um, well, let's say, let's let's not get to that yet. One thing when I was talking to my dad in this episode about um, hip-hop music as a kid, it's like... There was a lot of talk about police um, brutality and just systemic racism and stuff like that. And this skit called Skit Number Two could not be any more like it's not. You don't have to fucking read between the lines or anything. It's just it's a it's a obviously not a real news story, but it's about real shit. So let's let's just listen to this. It's thirty seconds long, and it's gonna just give you an idea of why a kid like me. You know, what was I, 1999, I was 12. Um, I didn't have this album in 99, but um, it. I listened to plenty of similar stuff. And I listened to Wu-Tang, and they talked about a lot of the same things, obviously. Um, so here's the skit, and just, I'm not even going to need to explain to you why it's so relevant right now. Today's feature story. The New York Police Department now has the authority to enforce a shoot-to-kill policy that will allow officers to utilize the probable cause statement previously applied to not-so-random searches. Leaders from the African-American and Latino communities are outraged at this new policy, stating that the police department has consistently targeted minorities, using the ambiguous probable cause statement as their rationale. Protesters are in the middle of organizing an emergency rally to overturn this decision. Our investigative reporters are on the scene to bring new developments as they occur. It's not a new thing shitty police racist police police brutality none of that's new and it's like it couldn't be more blatant in this than that skit like obviously that's what they're talking about um so anyway i just thought that was interesting how relevant it was and it's still crazy to me that people think police violence is like this new thing but i guess a lot of people didn't listen to much as much wu-tang as i did um but 
I think that's kind of a problem, you know? People just stick with what, what they're comfortable with. And, you know, you know, we were talking about my parents' like stances on listening to censored music and certain artists and stuff. Um, and I think that, you know, if you can just explain to your kids, like, hey, you're going to hear some swears and shit, but uh, just don't say those in public or at school or whatever and make me look like a bad parent. Um, but hey, listen to this really enlightening hip hop music. I think that's good. If you can, if you can like balance it out, like I, I think I benefited a lot from my parents being lax on those things from a relatively young age. Um, so, and that's, that's the kind of stuff, like I would hear that kind of stuff as a kid and it would make me think. Um, so anyway, moving on. Moving on. Crash Your Crew, I think is pretty great. It credits it credits RZA, but he's not on it. I think he just produced it, but it's got ODB. So you got ODB, Jizza, and the RZA on production, as far as I can tell. And it's just got just got that energy. It's got like a it's a great like I think ODB just does the hook, but it's just fun. I mean, it might as well. Let's just get a little bit. It's got those great horns. Where's that chorus? No math. Feel the pain. Niggas rain. You can't just like chill out with some ODB really. You listen to ODB and you wanna fucking rage. But yeah, he doesn't have a verse on that. It's just that. It's just him saying crash your crew over and over again. But like if anyone can make that work, it's ODB. Um, and I notice he's not on a lot of, uh, solo projects and he comes and goes, but there's certain people who you'll see on like everything. Like I think Method Man shows up on like everyone's albums, but ODB does not. And, um, so I always appreciate when he shows up, um, Breaker Breaker is the next track. I think that might be one of my favorite tracks on the album. I don't know if it's my f- absolute favorite, but I think, I don't know. I think it might be, unless my opinion changes as I'm talking about this, I'm going to say that Breaker Breaker is my favorite one. I fucking, I'm such a sucker for the, for a nice beat. <clears throat> and this one has some strings that I really love. Like, come on. Already I'm like, yeah. Very late 90s, early aughts sound, but for the time, very progressive, I think. I mean, you can't fuck with those strings. I love that shit. Like, I just want to listen to them come in again. Just one more. Sorry. And you get the keys in the back. It's so good. Just so good. Such a good such a good beat um and great song overall um i won't play it all for you i I want you to go and like listen to the music too um another thing i'm a sucker for beyond nice strings is nice keys 
Um, so, oh, I forgot to mention, Mastakilla shows up on the next track called High Price, Small Reward, and I'm happy anytime he's there. Mastakilla is so underrated. Uh, definitely look into him if any of this interests you at all. Just go listen to, like, every Mastakilla album. Just do it right now. Um, so, Hip Hop Fury is a great one. Um, so many great features, like, so many people on it. A lot of people I don't know, I'll admit, but still a great song. So let's just... It's got RZA and Hellraiser and then some other people that I, I don't know. And I'll admit that right now. Those keys, though. Come on. Ghetto city wide, leave him paralyzed and stolen every word I provide without no clearance. I nurture this track like I'm his parents got requests. I love someone who can just take like a really simple piano riff and make a whole beat out of it. That's amazing. But yeah, it's got Hellraiser, and then there's someone called Timbo King, and I've heard of Dreddy Krueger, but only through Wu Tang. But that's who's on it. You got Riza, Hellraiser, Timbo King, and uh, Dreddy Krueger. Um, I love I love anytime there's just like a shitload of people on a track. I don't know why. It just works for me all the time. One, so this song's called, I thought, I always call it 112, but it's not, it's 1112, so I, I don't, I don't know what it's called, is it called 1112? I don't know, but it's fucking dope, it's got Masticilla, Killa Priest, and then someone else, who I think's pronounced Najeri, um, and I, I'm sorry, I don't know who that is, but, um, it's a great one. Again, just a fucking great, like, to me, like, this sound, this whole album has this sound, like, like, orchestral, uh, with some, like, strong drums, nothing too out of the ordinary, just solid fucking beats, just good, I'm gonna skip ahead. Ah, if you like Wu-Tang, definitely check out Killer Priest. Uh, he's amazing. Talks a lot about aliens and shit. I love it. Um, but like, not like, I don't know. It's like, I believe him. It's weird. <laughs> it's like, I don't think he's crazy. Um, mainly because I believe in aliens, I guess. Uh, Victim is a, is a heavy one. Um, that one's got some... Uh, it's all about gun violence and 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 just uh, violence in um, low-income areas. Um, really, just like a touching track. Um, I don't think I'll play that one. You have to go find that one yourself. But it's really good. Um, it's definitely like a high point of the album. It's like the saddest and point of the album, but it's like a really great track. Um, Feel like an enemy is a really good one. That's got Hellraiser, Killer Priest again, um, Prodigal Son, and Trigger. Um, I love how much Killer Priest is on this album. He's he's like okay. So on Liquid Swords, to me, I call it Bible, but it's an abbreviation. It's B I B L E, and in parentheses, basic instru instructions before leaving Earth is what Bible stands for in this song. And it's a Killer Priest track. That's all. No one else is in it. It's just the last track of like Jizz's like most probably like highest regarded album and most loved album, Liquid Swords. The last track is just Kill a Priest doing his thing, and it's really fucking fantastic. And um, I love the way that uh, Jizz and and then just in hip hop in general and the way Wu Tang does it. 
they always are bringing people on who they believe in and they give them their chance. And this is like, ha- this is like sort of a killer priest album in a way. Um, and yeah, feel like an enemy is fantastic and it's got lots of great features, including killer priest. And I just love, I love how much he's on here. Cause I love that guy. So anyway, um, I don't feel like playing that song. I just wanted to note that Killer Priest is all over this shit. Um, but I do want to play String Play because it's amazing. Every time Method Man shows up on any, any album, it's fantastic. He made Limp Biscuit sound good, you know, back in the day. So if he can do that, he's going to make even like people who are already good even greater. So String Play, I mean, come on. This is definitely my favorite. I think this is my favorite beat on the album. So let's just. Uh, and it goes like this. Uh, 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 uh. It goes like that. Now let me tell you who I am. It's those bouncy fucking strings. Early in the morning, dressed in black. Who that? Who that? Who that? Yeah, yeah. Marvelous theatrical drama on stage. Broadway classical, let mid the range. Like courage, the beat change. And now the flow is strange. You in the Arctic with wolves, the viciously main. Thugs the wrong clutch. Can't smell or even taste it. Taking places, we running in these human races. Bucket naked, back slapping, kid yapping. Acting villain, catching feelings like he cat pillin'. As if he killing every brick and every project building. From Cabrini Green to Tilden. Sincerely yours, Mr. Meth and Maximilian. So good. I just had to. I just had to listen to a little Method Man for a sec there. So um, that one, I don't know if it's my favorite song, but it's my favorite beat for sure. I love that fucking beat. It's so good. Um, I'm such a sucker for those strings. Um, so then there's another song called Mike Trippin', which is good. Um, doesn't stand out for me, but it's still a great song. All these songs are good. There's not a song that's bad on this whole album. This is such a fucking consistent album. And then um, lastly, there's the outro, which like they bring in the track they bring in the beat from the the intro which i really appreciate because it helps like i like when an album can loop i don't need an album to be able to loop but tying the outro in with the intro for me is like a really fun way to just kind of continuously listen to an album indefinitely forever and sometimes that's what i want and that's absolutely what i'm after like when I'm when I'm doing these this Wu Tang thing is like I want an album to just keep going and I, I like it when I'm listening to an album and I don't even realize it's played once and I'm listening to it for a second time until I'm like oh shit I did hear this song already uh, so the outro I don't need to play it either but it ties into the intro and I think it's in a just a really smooth way to end the album and it really makes for a fantastic fucking forty six minutes of music and I think that. It, it's definitely not as celebrated as his other stuff, but it should be. It's a really good album. I, I'm i going to rate it right now. we got to do the rating, and then we got to do the uh, like the, the categories, right? So replayability, psh, it's a psh out of 10. Like, like I just said, it, it loops so nicely, and it just uh, it's such a well-produced and just spot on album that you could definitely just continuously play it and not get sick of it at least i could um overall feel like does it create a nice vibe like sure um yeah it does it it does it's i don't know how to how to really explain it liquid swords creates a better vibe this album it's a little more um clean cut i guess you could say and for me 
that kind of takes away from the vibe in a way but it's still a great album to just put on and listen to um but it doesn't like take you to like a different world like liquid swords does it more or less takes you just into some really good well-produced hip-hop music uh but i really appreciate a lot of stuff about this album i don't know if it has that like that vibe necessarily that i'm always looking for it's like a little it's almost a little too polished in a way but um i like i still think it's great so i don't know what i would rate the overall feel as i don't know how you rate that anyway but i guess if it was like 10 being like just totally takes you away to a different world and one means it makes you feel shitty uh it'd be like a seven i guess uh the beats are all fucking amazing i'm gonna give those a 10 out of 10 there's not one i don't like and there's several that i think are some of my favorite uh wu-tang related beats uh especially uh what's that song string play um and also uh hip-hop fury is another one that i really love along with uh the strings in Breaker Breaker. So there's a lot of great beats. Delivery, I love Jizz's rapping. Um, I think he's got some really interesting flows and, and the way he, he, just the way he pronounces certain words is interesting to me. Um, I love his delivery and I think uh, definitely like a top, top, like something up there. I don't know. You can't really relate. You can't necessarily rate these things with numbers but if i'm trying i'd give it like a nine out of ten um the lyrics are great i mean it's it's more i do wish it was i i'm such a sucker for a concept album anytime someone does a wu-tang album that isn't a concept album i'm like mildly disappointed but um he's really just flexing here and just showing what he can do and it's great i think that the lyrics are interesting a lot of fun wordplay a lot of good topics and um it's sort of all over the map but um, they're not, like, dumb or, or, like, really problematic or anything like that. So that's cool. Does it have the X Factor? Last episode, I was still trying to figure out what the fuck the X Factor is. Um, but I, I still don't quite know. But that's the thing. The X Factor is this indescribable thing that just makes something great and you don't really know why and it doesn't really matter if you know why it's just great is what it comes down to um so does it have the x factor honestly despite everything i've said about this album and like it being a great like a well-produced album with lots of great things about it i'm gonna actually go ahead and say no i i actually don't think it has the same X factor as like liquid swords. Like there's something like magical about liquid swords. Um, and there's, I don't, I wouldn't say this album has that same like magic, but it does, it does have like a lot of good things about it. So I'm going to, I'm going to not give it the X factor rating. I'm going to say, no, it doesn't have the X factor necessarily, but there's a lot of great stuff about it. Um, where are we going to put this bad boy? Um, as far as the the rating goes, I'm just gonna give you the rating right now. So I've got I've got Iron Man, which is a Ghostface's first album, as the first as the top right now. Only built for Cuban Links is a close second, followed by Liquid Swords, followed by Tikal. Those four albums are basically like right in line with each other, um, and then the Pillage is also very close to those as well. Um, after that, I have Tikal 2000, and then I have the first Bobby Digital album. And then I have ODB's first solo album, The Dirty 36, 
followed by Gravedigger's Pick, Sickle, and Shovel. And after that is the Gravedigger's uh, Six Feet Deep. Um, so I'm going to stick um, beneath the surface. I think I'd like it better than Bobby Digital 1 because Bobby Digital 1 is great, but it has some parts that I don't like. And Beneath the Surface, Beneath the Surface has none of that. It's there's not a single part I don't like. So therefore, you know, it to me that makes it better than Bobby Digital 1. So there we go. It's coming in at number 7 out of uh, 11 now, which is pretty good. I mean, we'll see where it stands once we get to like number 90, but I think it's going to stay at the top for a while. That's that's where we're at with the old uh, Wu-Tang Minute. Wu-Tang Minute! Well, more than a minute. It was definitely more than a minute. Uh, moving on. Moving on! I'm just going to get out of here. Uh, like I said... You can now catch these Twitch streams uh, at Jesse Miles uh, Twitch.tv slash Jesse Miles Chainsaw. Um, I know last episode I said I would have a Patreon up, which I might have up by the time this airs, but I also might not. Um, I don't know. Uh, it is. It's it's Patreon.com slash Jesse Miles Chainsaw. I will um, create some uh tiers and so people can uh maybe you know help me out month to month which would be great um so look for that find me on youtube and you can find these long ass twitch streams un pretty much unedited um and you can just have many more hours of jesse time um which everybody needs and uh just go to go to my go to my website jessemilesnyder.com and just look on the banner on the top and um or look at the the menu on the top with all the links to different stuff and on the left it says youtube and that's you know that's my youtube and also if you go to my instagram and you follow the link that has all my other links linked um you can uh you can listen to that um there as well uh, or you can find the links through there as well and, and listen to this whole unedited Twitch stream, uh, which might be amusing to the hardcore fans. I don't know. Um, so, and then I think that's it. There's going to be some food porn stuff coming. There's going to be some prints being made soon. And uh, so we're just going to close this out with the rest of the phenomenal track, Soon As I Open My Eyes by Real Over Deceit. Seriously, give this guy your love. R-E-A-L-O-V-A-D-E-C-E-I-T. This be that Real Over Deceit. He is the best. I fucking, A, great guy. Super nice letting me use his music. I want to thank him for that. And also makes amazing hip-hop music that i i hope i hope it really works out for him because he's he's doing the work and he's putting out something unique but still like he's he's everything all the hip-hop music i like really and like uh you know you can tell he he appreciates hip-hop music and he's doing it justice and he understands like it's like it's a sound there's a certain sound it's like a, almost a classic sound that I again I'm just saying the word classic too much but it is it reminds me of like it's like a different kind of bone thugs in harmony like very melodic quick raps over excellent beats 
and he's just killing it. And I really hope that uh, you go check him out. Um, his album, his self-titled album from 2019, uh, is definitely one of my favorite albums of, I almost want to say of all time. I've listened to it so many fucking times. Um, so anyway, this is uh, the second half of the song I played in the beginning. It's called Soon As I Open My Eyes. And I think it might be my favorite track of his. I got to I got to pick it out this week. Last week, it was, it was one that uh, he suggested, which was a great. Need a Shovel is definitely one of my favorite uh, songs by him now. Uh, but something about this song just gets me, and I love it. And I think about it in the morning when I, as soon as I open my eyes. So anyway... Um, Thank you for listening. Uh, big thanks to my dad, Chris Snyder, for coming on and, and letting me grill him. And uh, just thanks for everything. And I'm going to just keep doing this. And you just keep doing whatever the fuck you do. And we're all going to be all right. And uh, just please don't make the world a worse place than it already is. Try to make it better if you can. I'm fucking out of here. Get burned from the heat, chop spits from the eat, ripple to a leak, bang to a squeeze, I real real deep, like a hole in the ground, man. I came from the lab, nobody make a sound. More than an ounce for the break down the pound. Soon as I open my eyes, I'm rolling, I gotta get high. I probably gotta get fly. I bring you life so don't die. Just put them clouds in the sky. Just give me truth for no lie. Won't let them plays go by. I watch them days go by. Soon as I open my eyes, you know I gotta decide. Well I do wrong and alright, I'm on the ground on that flight. I so I fight, gotta make sure visual's right Gotta make sure gravity tight Take off on you, well I might Soon as I open my eyes, I still feel sleep like I died I smoke that weed till I'm high I heat that oil and get fried Come elevate on my vibe I'm just so glad I'm alive I turn that one into five Soon as I open my eyes I get that back with surprise Don't sleep on me, I advise My weed so good, I cry That pack been gone by, bye Get another piece, third eye open Got a flood of street Pop rubber bands, no bubbly I got a dream, don't fuck with me Hundred drop full of no bumblebee, it'll be the pack won't humble me. Bet I stole no fumbling, like be a cook pack crumbling. I won't look back, no stumbling. But I said with the chest, no mumbling. But I jump for a walk, no tumbling. But I roll up the wall, no paper. Cut the cake, no baker. Up when I walk from the wake up. Power like a ranger. Was coming from the anger. Everybody was a stranger. Metal on my sign is danger. Talk about the metal, lift up my finger. Keep you in my bag, all blown like a singer. TLC, no stems or seeds. Roll up, I'm at the beach. Roll up, I'm in the car. Roll up, I'm at the bar. Roll up. I'm in the dark, I need a lighter, shine to my days, glow a little brighter, promise I'm a rider, promise I'm a slider, stone no powder, back on the clock within another hour, down, soon as I open my eyes.